Today's show is brought to you by Lightning Pod. If you have a podcast, you know that it's a lot of work. But Lightning Pod can help. We've been working with their founder, Eric Johnson, for more than a year now, and he's really helped us take the Smart Home Show to the next level. So if you're starting a new podcast or you want to make your existing podcast better, you should get in touch with Eric. Learn more at lightningpod.fm. Hey everyone, Mike Wolf here. Welcome to the Smart Home Show. I'm back. The Smart Kitchen Summit is in the books for 2016. We had a great show. But what I'm really excited about now is I have some time to record some Smart Home Shows. And so that's why I'm excited to have my first guest as we get back into the swing of things. My friend Stacy Higginbotham. You know Stacy from her host duties at the IoT Podcast. I know Stacy as a former coworker, as a friend. Uh, we work together at GigaOM. Uh, she's great. So I'm really excited to have her on the show as we catch up about what's happening in the world of Alexa, what she's excited about for a smart home, as well as get her perspective about what she saw at the Smart Kitchen Summit. Speaking of the Smart Kitchen Summit, we did launch a new site about the future of the connected kitchen and cooking called The Spoon. We're really excited about this. I can't tell you how we're excited we are about this. So please, if you listen to the show, if you want to support us, check out The Spoon. The URL is thespoon.tech. Again, thespoon.tech. We're really excited to bring new news and analysis and, and podcasts and voices around this this topic to you on a regular daily basis. So check that out. I'd really appreciate it. Also, I don't need to tell you what to do if you don't subscribe to the podcast. Just do it in iTunes. Uh, do it in your favorite podcast player. Go to, the, go to technology.fm. Do it there as well. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. Let's talk to Stacy. Hey, Stacy, You just got back from Seattle at the Smart Kitchen Summit. Thank you for coming up here. Oh, thanks for having me. I love this event. I was I was so excited to see it in the second year grow by so much. Well, I brought you on the podcast to explain to people why you've never been on my my smart home show. I'm just kidding, but you haven't I been. Like, I, it's kind of crazy. I've been you, on your show. You haven't. Haven't I? No. Well, you've been on mine now twice. I know. Which is really well, weird. That's that's you being mean that's to kind me. Kind of my fault, me. isn't it? I was well, about to say, I would come at that. <laughs> well, I don't know if people know this. We used to work together at a, a place called Gigome, and I think we knew each other before that. But I've always loved reading your stuff and and now listening to your podcast. And I'm sure a lot of people that listen to my podcast listen to the IoT podcast. I, I think so because whenever I do surveys of my audience, they're like, you're right up there with me, the Smart Home Show. Okay, wait a minute. You're doing surveys of your audience now? You're making me – you're putting me in shame. I, I'm see. This is why you don't have me on the show. I guess. Yes, you embarrass me with your. You and Richard are both way more organized and better podcasters than I am. So I, I'm. I, this is why I didn't have you on the show, Stacy. You're embarrassing me. Well, at this I, point. I don't have a smart kitchen summit to fall back on. So, <laughs> well, this speak, is all I am. Speaking of the summit, you came up and did a great job moderating a panel. But you also walked around. You checked stuff out. You got your hands on stuff. You drank some juice. I want to hear firsthand. First of all, what was your favorite thing that you saw? Oh, my favorite thing that I saw. Oh, I think it was the Vitamix and the perfect scale mix because it's something, and I'll tell you why. It's a relatively inexpensive product, the scale, the perfect scale, which is a connected scale that sells for like $50. Uh, 
that I think adds a lot of benefit to people anyway. Like it's, it's a nice kind of system being able to say like, Oh, I've got a recipe that calls for this much. How would I adjust it? And things like that. Um, combined with something I already own, the Vitamix blender. And the assumption was you don't have to buy some weird thing to stick on your Vitamix. All they did was like a software integration. So I can now put my blender container on top of the perfect scale. They've created like this like software-based virtual model of my blender. And I load it up with everything. And then it, it gives me the proper instructions on how to make this thing. And I don't know. I think it's a good stepping stone for intelligence in the kitchen. And you've been actually testing out Smart Kitchen stuff for a while. I think this is like maybe your your 10th scale. It's probably my third scale <laughs> and then digital thermometers. And I've been really waiting for good devices. Like I am so excited about the potential of connected devices to make people more expert in their cooking and also the potential to like really help plan recipes, like count what people are eating, track what people are eating, make suggestions about things. And not all of that's coming to fruition, but some of it is. But there's real potential there. And I think that's like one of the things we are all excited to talk about. Um, Another thing we talked about was this idea of new interfaces. And, you know, that's why we had Charlie come and speak. Uh, You should probably say as Charlie. (laughs) Everyone's like Charlie. Charlie Kindle from Amazon. And spelled yes. K-I-N-D-E-L, not the way they spell their e-reader. And uh, he's responsible for Alexa Smart Home. And we should have called his panel, like, The Cure for Meat Hands, right? <laughs> Cause, like, the Cure for Meat Hands? That sounds disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't think Charlie would have went for that. But, like, this idea of, like, uh, voice interfaces in the home, it just makes – it almost makes more sense in the kitchen than anywhere. Because, like, you do have this issue. Like, have you ever made food? You have, like, stuff on your hands. And it's oh, hard this to is touch why them. I like Side Chef because it's all it's all visual and auditory, yep. and you can stop it. Any any voice activated stuff while cooking. I mean, you know, I have she who shall not be named the Amazon Echo. Um, it calculates like all my conversions when I'm measuring things, and you know, setting timers because my hands are filthy. And there's been so many. I don't know if Charlie. Uh, I, you know, I was actually – I need to go back and watch it. We were just getting the video back because I was running around during his, his uh, event, his his session because I was helping him run an event. But I don't know if he talked about the actual specifics uh, of the actual skills there were for the kitchen. But there's a lot of them. Like there's a Campbell's Soup skill. There's there's actually a skill for the Food Network. Did you know this? Like you can I actually, didn't. You can actually go, food – What's Alexa, what's on the Food Network right now? And it will actually tell you and it, it could send you the recipe. So there's actually – there's this integration with – cable television that actually brings in a, a skill I thought was really cool. So it feels like the kitchen makes a lot of sense for Alexa skills. And this is an area that you're focusing on a lot um, just in general. Uh, so I'm, I'm just curious, do you think there's maybe some other interesting things you could do with skills in the kitchen or maybe outside of the kitchen that you're really interested in? If I were a grocery store, here's what I would do. So if I'm Safeway, if I'm HEB, if I'm Walmart, I would create a skill that integrates with the the list that you create with Amazon. I don't think you can do this, but everything I send to, you know, if I say, Alexa, write to grocery list, bananas. Alexa, write to grocery list, this. And then it goes... Those guys then take that list and tell me what the price is on certain items. 
That helps me create a shopping list based on what things cost. That would be amazing. I would love that. Um, other things I would like is if there was a skill from someone like Yumly, which can basically is a recipe app that I can say, hey, I've got these things. What can I make? Um, if they could actually start saying looking at all the data of stuff that I've given them and say, hey, here's some suggestions for what to cook. These are the kind of things I want as a as a chef because, like, I'm busy, I'm tired, I don't want to have to think all the time. So I, I would love to see stuff like that. And, and you know, being – and having everyone – the other thing – so – the other thing that's really cool about the Amazon Echo is it really democratizes access. So instead of having a marker board on my fridge where I stick everything we need for the coming week, like, oh, we just ran out of mustard to add that to the grocery list, anyone in the house could add to the Echo, and that's pretty unique. But the problem is you get your kids adding random stuff like uh, peanut butter, yeah, but Captain, my, Captain my kids, Crunch. <laughs> there is nothing wrong with peanut butter, Captain Crunch. Oh, I know. Crunch. It's my favorite. But I don't want to eat it because. <laughs> so you can, I mean, the person who just automatically sends that to HEB or Walmart, you know, maybe they need a little education. Right. But like scanning something and saying, oh, look, my husband added 12 cases of beer. That's silly. You know. He has a problem. <laughs> Possibly. Yes. My husband does not add 12 cases of beer to anything. But, you know, there's there's that sort of kind of information. You could just check it off and be like, nope, not this. And then send it off and imagine curbside pickup for your groceries. Oh, my God. Stacy, have you cooked a meal yet using your voice? Have you done like a voice interface cooked meal? No, because I don't have the interface right now to say pause when I'm like, you know, oh, I've got to chop this onion. Oh, I've got to do that. I think the Chef Steps integration with Alexa probably can get us there to a certain degree. Um, oh, that's they, true. They announced that integration, so I'm excited to try that out. Was that Chef Steps or Side Chef? No, it was Chef Steps. Chef Steps okay. uh, with their Jewel. Uh, there was an integration uh, with the Jewel, which is actually just shipping. It's just been shipping to their their early backers, but now they're starting. Oh, to but this of, I have to buy an appliance for. Yes, you do. But uh, yes. you're more excited about just doing it through software. I'm excited check. about having a voice tell me what to do in my recipe. Like, you know, I'm constantly running back to my cookbook, which I have a little cookbook stand that, you know, so old, to, so old school. So analog. You know, so it is. It's so analog. <laughs> so I, I run back to it. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is what I'm doing right now. Or, oh, crap, I forgot to chop the cilantro and now I'm supposed to add it right now. Ah! Uh, so those are the kind of things where I would love to have kind of an auditory cue so I could say something like, Alexa, what's the next step? I think that makes sense. Now, how, how interested are you in robotics in the kitchen? Um, you know, one of the, the panels I ran was this – we had a, a Darren from Heston, but also we had Tim uh, Timothy Chen from Serenity. We're actually making these fully robotic cooking devices and – it's an interesting conversation to have about robotics in the kitchen because like it can span so wide. Um, I actually think robotics will make a lot of sense in environments like fast food. I actually think fast food workers, whether or not they're cashiers and ultimately the cooks, 
they're probably, if you look at the lines of, of work that are in danger of getting displaced, I think that's one of them. <laughs> but I mean, you know, how you apply robotics to your actual home life around cooking is an interesting conversation. How interested are you in having uh, some level of automa- automation or, or, or do you want to go to the full rosy, rosy, the robotic cook? I mean, if I could get a full Rosie, that would be amazing. I don't really <laughs> for fifty dollars. I'm, I'm pretty sure no <laughs> one would say no yes. to that. Oh, could I get a Rosie? Great. Will it be a million dollars? Hold on. Yeah, but you but, don't want it every day, right? You or, do you? Oh no, I would. I mean, okay. You me, want to just you want to outsource the cooking to Rosie. If if I could tell Rosie what to cook, if I if I could say, hey, look, this is what I want. I want it within you know these ingredients or this caloric spec, you know, because I. I I don't eat out every day because it's expensive and it's also not very good for you. But there's and and yes, I can enjoy cooking and I do, but you know, most days I have a lot of other things that I would rather be doing than cooking. Like once a week I'd probably cook on my own if I had a rosy. Yeah. And maybe not even then. So, I would love her. I think what I'm probably more likely to do what we're missing is like Microwave convenience with like vegetables and food that tastes good and is nutritious. Like it's very hard to find like a microwavable meal or a meal that comes together really quickly and easily that has, you know, clean eating, right? So eating natural ingredients. I think you need to try the Thermomix because I've been – admittedly, it's expensive. You, we talked about it, the price. How much, much is the Thermomix? I think it's like uh, 1500 bucks. But it I is. I think it, it's more like we're looking it up right here. You're yeah, it may be more than that. I may be off on the price, but it's it's one of these devices where I've never made fresh homemade uh, salsa or a fresh made home marinara before. I've done it twice since I brought this thing in my house to try out. Uh, just things I never would have thought I've done. It it fairly it does it fairly easily, and it's all with fresh food ingredients. So that might be one step towards this. Rosie the robot, the intermediate step for you to the million dollar Rosie. How much is it? You yeah. found it? I'm, I found it. Pay outright $2,089. Okay, it was off for a, by a bit. And it's about the size of, wow. My wife what, is what? complaining about the size of it on my kitchen countertop. So It's a it, large, I mean, it's bigger than my bread maker, which looks like R2D2. In its defense, it's, like if, if it Rosie, this, this particular robot could talk, it would say, well, hey, but I take up 12, I, I do the, the functions of 12 different devices. So, Okay. And are the recipes – you have to use their recipes, right? You can use any recipe you want. Um, they okay. do provide a cookbook. And what they've just done, which is new, is they've actually add, added this thing called the uh, basically a connected cookbook where they added a chip. It is Wi-Fi connected, so it can actually get upgrades. And it guides you through the cook. So it has like an entire – Oh, my God. You buy recipe chips. It has a recipe chip, Yes. Oh my gosh, this is so fun. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so excited about this. You're is like excited. DVDs with your cookbook, only they're for your Thermomix. It is for the Thermomix. So that might be one way to get to uh, Stacy's utopia. Of, All right. Of, like, Do you just like throw everything in there and it cooks it? Yeah. And it, it has, like, it has, can you throw scale. in more things? It has like the scale. Like, so you kind of, I pour okay. in, I've been making, sadly, oatmeal in it. But it actually makes it – you can make oatmeal and just – when I pour it in a cup, it beeps. Stop pouring in oatmeal, Mike. Now add milk. Yeah. So I would have to try this with much more fancy things. I'm going to say like for the price of a Thermomix, the June oven at $1,500 is actually interesting to me, mostly because I do a lot of like roasting of vegetables and baking, not of like delicious 
things, but mostly just roasting. You're a roaster. Uh, that makes sense. I'm a roaster, but I live in Texas and it's so hot, like eight months out of the year and you don't want to turn on your oven. So I'm, I'm like really excited about that because it looks like it dissipates heat really well. It looks like it roasts things really well. So I'm kind of like, ooh, tell me more. So I'm just going to tell the audience that I told Stacy that I wanted her on the podcast and that I had nothing organized to ask her about. So if, if this is, if this is of a rambling nature, it's completely Mike Wolf's fault. Stacy had me on her podcast and in stark contrast to me, she had all these questions to ask me. So we're just having a conversation, Stacy. I hope that's okay. But I wanted to actually talk to you about catching up uh, a little bit on what's going on with Alexa. Could you follow that a little more closely than I have lately? Sure. So the big news on the Amazon Echo front is that in about a month, actually a little less than that, on November like 8th and that week, Google Home will come out. So that is the Amazon Alexa's rival from Google. It's had other rivals, Sonia Xperia. There's a Sonia Xperia platform that rivals the Echo. But uh, the Google Home is going to be the big story, I think. I can't wait but to that, get mine. That, was, that news was out earlier, but they actually had their event. Did you go to the event? I was not physically at the event. I did live stream it and talk about it in real time. And I'm Thanks excited. to the internet. I'm excited to try it out, too. I've been. I'm a, pumped. Did you order yours? I haven't ordered mine yet. I've been. I've been kind of lazy. Also, kind of busy. There's oh yeah, also, right. There's also other products. Have you heard of the uh, the Hello Egg? So I have heard of the Hello Egg. Um, they were at your show, right? They were not at my show. Uh, oh, I think they should be related to your show. There was a guy at the show, I think, who, who's pr- producing it, but it, or who's, who's related to it, involved with it. But it's actually like a, an Alexa tailored towards the kitchen. So I think like a lot of people are, are trying to. They've seen what Amazon has done and say, hey, let's do that. Obviously, there's not going to be everyone who could do that. Google is one that is formidable, right? Google Home, I think, is a formidable competitor to Amazon Echo and Alexa. It is. And there's been a lot of talk about Google Home. But since no one's actually played with it yet, I've been kind of reserving my opinions on, you know, like I've seen all these like, which is better? And I'm like, how could we know? We've only played with one yet. Um, I will also say with the Echo, there's I'm trying out one of these one of the Alexa voice platform. It's a company that uses the Alexa voice platform. It's a nucleus. So I bought this. Well, you it's have the kind nucleus. A, I do. do it's like the video it? based. Well, I'm learning. Um, I do like it. I think the video quality could be better. And I also am kind of at a impasse because I have echoes all over my house already. And this device, one of the selling points, other than creating this like immediate blind person to person communication over this like video calling device is that it acts as an echo. And we, we had it set up in the kitchen because that feels like a good place that you'd want to talk to people. But it's also where our Echo already is. So for a while, we were like having competing, dueling Alexas, and that was a problem. So we, we turned the Alexa function off on that. Um, but you are but, not. Let, let's just let's get this out there, Stacey. You are not the norm with your 30 Alexa Echoes in your house. <laughs> or many I do you not have, have 30. <laughs> right now, based on functionality, I probably have five or six. Oh, only five or six. You're an outlier, though. you got to admit that. I am. I am. And if you don't have an Echo yet, this is a really fun device. Uh, I actually convinced my husband to take it to work so we could have like a conversation when he's at work. I just hit the button and it's like having an intercom or an instant Skype communication with him. I'm like, beep. 
and he's like, oh my God, what do you want now? I haven't played I, with one. I, I like the idea. I had Jonathan Frankel on the podcast and I like these, I like the, you know, in back like 15, 20 years ago, we called these information appliances, like the single focused one function device, I think still has a place in our world versus the Swiss army knife of everything. You know, we're, we're so used to like the phone that does everything. I like these focused devices and this one made sense to me. Well, good luck because actually a couple more similar functioning devices will be coming on the market this year. I can't talk about all Ooh, of them, but you're looting be prepared. I am. I'm, this is a hint. You're dropping a not hint. subtle hint. <laughs> um, we're going to drop so, a hint real quick before we move on. We're going to drop a hint. You're actually you're not. You don't have to tell us what it's about, but you're going to have a new podcast launching next week, right? Well, the timing is a little iffy, especially since I don't know when this is going to run. Okay, you don't have uh, to say what it's about. Well, no. So we're going to launch a podcast with my friend Chris Albrecht you, you are. about the Amazon Echo. I know that guy. You know that guy. He's a good He's, guy. He lives, he lives near you. <laughs> um, so we decided, you know, people who have Echoes or people who are considering this sort of thing really need, like, you're talking about the Food Network skill. I had no idea. With 3,000 skills, it's impossible to know it's what's It's impossible good. to stay on top of it. Well, that's exciting. So, that's exciting, especially yeah. Chris is involved. Two awesome people. One great podcast. Exactly. So we're calling it the Echo Chamber. Oh, my gosh. Was that Chris's idea? Yeah, of course it was Chris's idea. Oh, my gosh. One th- Chris. Chris. That's a great show name. What are you talking about? It's pretty good. It's pretty good. So you haven't got your hands up. If you haven't got your hands on a Google Home, no one has. Because I would imagine oh, well, that's, I haven't actually asked. I just ordered it like a, a typical God-fearing citizen. Dun-dun-dun. Credit card to the rescue. But I'm excited to see how that turns out, and uh, that'll be shipping later. What else is going on uh, that you're excited about with regards to just general smart home? What are you most excited about? I think one of the most interesting stories, especially going into the holidays, is going to be HomeKit. Apple, with its release of iOS 10, put Home, the Home app, on everybody's iPhones and iPads and whatnot. And they've actually got quite a partnership finally developed around HomeKit certified devices. So I think how the market picks those up in the holidays will be a big story because I personally look at them and I'm like, wow, this is kind of like what we've seen for the last two years. Plus it's a closed ecosystem, which doesn't feel like the right step for the smart home, but you know, Great. So yeah, we'll we'll see. I'm like, obviously, I'm an outlier. So, will the mainstream America pick this up? I don't know. I agree. That's like the one of the things to watch. Um, it feels like it's been a long journey for Apple. What two almost two and a half over years two at, years? Yeah, because they released it announced. June 2014. Yeah, so we're finally getting there. Uh, I just remember. I think it was last year. I talked to someone from Apple, or we asked them. You know. They're at someone is actually at the smart kitchen. Someone go. So you're excited about this thing called smart home, and they go. Well, I wouldn't say we're really excited about. It. So it felt like they're kind of they've had one toe in the water, one toe out. We'll see how this goes, but uh, this will be the kind of a big fall to see what happens with HomeKit. I agree. Especially especially with Google kind of really pushing hard with Google Home, and I'd also look to see what's going to happen with things like Weave, which is Google standards for the Internet of Things in the smart home. Um, Weave and Brillo. Brillo is their operating system. Weave is their protocol. So I don't know. 
I'm excited. And there's a bunch of companies getting in on the smart home. So we're seeing La Echo, uh, the guys who bought Vizio, coming in with IoT devices. Uh, we're going to see some other big name companies actually what do you release. Think about some Dash, stuff. like I feel like the the Dash ecosystem, the, at least the button is kind of like I don't know if people are using it that much. That's what I'm starting to question a little bit. Uh, you know, I feel like the obviously the the Dash inside the Dash replenishment. That makes sense. I'm just wondering where that is because Apple is so or Amazon is so secret secretive on their stuff. I'm just wondering how many people are using it. I have no I, I do not have an inside mole at Amazon who tells me these things. Sadly, work on that. Uh, I am believe me. Get on I it, Higginbotham. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say that I tried the automatic kind of so not the dash button, but the the dash replenishment service with a, a Brita water pitcher. And, you know, the pitcher was slightly more expensive than a normal Brita pitcher. I didn't really see a huge need for it, but it worked. So if you have a product where you're like, I always forget to buy pet food and, you know, this is a big pain point for you, a dash automated system actually seems like it might work really well. But I want them so bad, so bad to just say, "Here's your buttons. You do with what with them what you want." I do like, not want buttons. No I buttons. do. I love buttons. I love I buttons. buttons. We're so I, well, I don't want the buttons cluttering. I love buttons to like turn things on and off, but I do not want a button for every product in my home. That would be freaking annoying. One last question about Alexa, and I know I'm all over the map, but like it feels like Alexa is kind of the new iPhone in terms. Of it's like the thing that everyone's talking about. Are we in an Alexa bubble? Like I feel like. Is like everyone's kind of doing the fast follow of Amazon, trying to create this voice interface. Amazon's hiring like hundreds and hundreds of people. In a year from now, uh, is Amazon going to lay off 100, 200 people in their Alexa division because they overhired? I think what Amazon did with the Alexa was capitalize in a very smart way, in a very consumer friendly way, on the efforts in, uh, sorry, in the advan in the advancement of voice and voice kind of natural language processing. So I think what it did with the Echo by integrating with all these other things and enabling skills is basically give that power to everyone. So suddenly everyone saw like, oh holy crap, this is what I can do if I have voice. And in a big way it's kind of like what the iPhone did for touch. Because we had touch before then, but you know, the capacitive well. touch in the phone was just freaking amazing. And it also unlocked the smartphone. You know, I had a smart, I had a, like a Palm Trio, you know, and we were like typing all kinds of crazy stuff in there. But once you had touch, you were like, holy cow, this works. And I think for the smart home and the Internet of Things, voice is a natural UI and Amazon clicked into how to use it. They're unlocking the smart home much like that you think the capacitive touch unlocked the smartphone. Yeah, that Apple unlocked the smartphone in capacitive touch. Now, do I think that they have the lock on it? Maybe. I mean, look at every phone out there. It looks just like an iPhone, right? <laughs> so are we going to get a bunch of voice-activated speakers? My God, yes, we are. Are we going to go beyond that? I really hope so. And I think Amazon's vision of actually putting it in other devices is really smart because they're aware that not every voice interface with a smart home has to look like a cylinder that you talk to and plays music. So I'm really rooting for them. And I don't think it's a bubble. Okay. What about, 
What about uh, what's the next interface beyond voice? Uh, are we going to move to uh, neural interfaces? Telekinesis. <laughs> no. <laughs> you don't have to answer that. I'm just messing with you. But. I actually – so I think for some some uses in the smart home, we're going to have to have a user interface that understands attention. And that's going to be probably an amalgamation of computer vision and maybe gesture. and Like an understanding that when I right. look – at a device, I want that device to respond. I, you because know, when you, you know Apple and Amazon and Google have all been rolling up and investing in those technologies, whether it's motion recognition technologies, I think a lot of that AI stuff is around that. So computer vision, everyone's got a lot there. Apple and Google have both bought a lot of companies related to gesture yep. or kind of yeah, gesture recognition or easy ways to – But I think that's the, different. Gesture is different than emotion recognition, right? Like – Moving my well, hand. It's not emotion. It's, it's, it's attention. So I don't need my home to know if I'm really sad. But I think the next stage is to say, when I say these words, I'm talking to this device. Or it, it's context plus human attention. And that's that's the next UI. That's awesome. That was kind of awesome. And you're awesome, Stacy. <laughs> This is why I have you on, and uh, th- this is why uh, I'm p- so appreciative of you coming up to Seattle. And thanks for being on my show. After like two years, you finally came on. I appreciate oh, it. Oh, I, okay, I would have come <laughs> on so long before this. After two years, you finally invited oh. me. I hope I gave good show. You, you give great show. All right, Stacey, thanks. <laughs>